Hi, I'm Tiffany Patlin, host of the Tiffany Talks Health and Wellness Podcast, where I discuss tools, tips, and techniques to heal your mind, body, and soul. I am on a godly mission to heal the world. to all you listeners out there. Welcome to another episode of the Tiffany Talks Health and Wellness Podcast. Today's special guest is Andre Parody. Andre has been a teacher and educator his whole life. He taught around the world from Japan to Bangkok and back. In 2006, he started studying male and female dynamics purely by accident. His discoveries were so profound that he soon immersed himself in research and the teacher in him exploded to teaching to his amazing discoveries. Andre has come a long way from his tough childhood days and is, a ro- and is now an inspirational relationship coach. Thank you so much, Andre, for being with us today. Absolutely. Absolutely. My pleasure. Um, as we were just talking about off screen, this is something that's really needed these days because... As you mentioned, there's a lot of men and women, but they're in pain. They're suffering. They're sad. They're lonely. And I imagine that's something that you felt back in your day. Yeah, that's sort of, you know, my my whole story starts right there. Uh, and in a nutshell, I was, you know, family of five kids. I'm number four kid. And uh, when I was five years old, I put together my thoughts and feelings came together in one moment. Um where it, it, I realized I was born in the wrong family. I mm. was born in the wrong family. Like, I don't know how that's possible. I don't understand how that's possible. I like, but I was born in the wrong family and it was scary and devastating at the same time. Um, really mind blowing. And so what happened from that moment, you know, family of seven people and I'm, don't belong here. I don't, there's a mistake somewhere. I, I kind of turned me inside out. I became like sort of hyper vigilant and watching the world. It was like, you know, a reaction to understanding my circumstances, but that was, that really became my function to the world, like looking out and watching the world to just to, to observing, just, I became an observer and watching people since then and watching, you know, even in school, like why is this guy cool and this guy's a geek and what makes that person like this? And just became fascinated with the human condition. Just, that just, that's, <laughs> I found that all amazing. And that became my sort of constant awareness. I was a lonely kid. I had always had a friend, but I was always on the outside watching, always on the side watching, on the side watching. So, um, kind of raised myself in that I really felt like I raised myself. There was nobody paying attention. Um, mm-hmm. It made me very resilient, you know, like it was scary. And then, but it made me resilient. I just had to manage everything. So I did fast forward to high school. I went to uh, a private high school where you could take, get this, you could take dan- ballroom dancing in PE class. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> I know, I know. So that was kind of a trip. Uh, What'd you pick? Uh, ballroom. So what happened is I, I was sort of, again, sort of blended into like my own reality. And, and uh, you know, that's just... And a young girl came up to me before class because we had to sign up up front the week before for all the classes. And this beautiful young thing who didn't, I didn't know, knew I existed because I was, I was part of the wallpaper most of the time. She's like, oh, my God, oh my God, I want to do ballroom for PE. But we have to sign as a couple. Do you want to be my partner? And I'm all, I remember this cute little thing. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I get, <laughs> you I get to hold, <laughs> right. And I get to hold you in my arms. You know what I mean? I'm almost 16 years old. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. And uh, that's that was a turning point in my life. So a week later when we got to class, I'm holding her in my arms. I think we're learning the cha-cha. It was the first dance they, the teacher taught us. He's standing to my right. And all I can tell you is this, whatever he did, I could just just copy it. It was mm. crazy. Like I just like instantly, this stuff stuck to me instantly. Like I, like I already knew it. He just reminded me interesting wow yeah so that was a gift that i didn't know that i had i never been in a dance class in my life um okay any dancers <laughs> in your family zero absolutely none oh. there's no artistic anything in my family they're all brains my two brothers are lawyers my sister's a cpa my little brother's a cpa i'm a dancer <laughs> i get what you mean about feeling like you're born into the wrong family <sighs> hello right hello no kidding so what happened is i went from geek to star in about four months what happened is like the girls all want to dance with me because i instantly could take them on you know dancing like i could take them on the ride you know in the class because the guys couldn't do it they, they were struggling which is more normal i became the teacher's assistant oh wow so now like now i'm the like i'm a star like i'm cool like wow interesting so what happened to me in internally was it it was probably the first time that i felt happy because I was a sad kid, right? So it just kind of lifted my spirit. The, 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 also the vibration of you know moving your body to music, right? When the two come together, it just does something to the nervous system. Like singers really understand this. They hit that note and they start crying, right? It's just sort of there's mm. something godly about like these yeah. vibrations that line up. So it lifted my spirit. It made me smile. It made me happy in the moment. I was a sad, little pathetic, you know. So that's decided. That's all I wanted to do. That's all I want. <laughs> that's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to dance to give me reason to get up in the morning to, to feel some joy. And I took it all the way. I, this is was Quebec City, Canada. You know, in a snowbank. Um, and I took it all the way to Los Angeles over the few years uh, via Vancouver, Canada, where I got my training. Um, and made it all the way up to Michael Jackson, Prince, Paul Abdul, Julio Iglesias. I traveled the world. I choreographed. I put some concerts together. I produced stuff. Wow. I, I danced for a living. I, I, <laughs> That's amazing. I, I did the dream. I, I just achieved the dream that um, my parents would just sit, shake their heads and like, you're going to dance for a living, really? <laughs> I think some people out there in the world can resonate with that, whether it's art or why, why is it music? Why is it that it seems like parents seem to just tackle the music like, oh, you can't make it big or that's so silly. That's not a weird job. Why do you think that is? Well, I think the odds are insane. Right? The, the odds are absolutely insane. It's like becoming an actor, a musician, you know, a, a dancer, a professional, makes a living. I did, the odds are insane. Like 
you know, only one or two percent actually even get to make a living at it. So they're like, you know, they basically treat you like you're a dreamer and get real because that's not you can't. There's no. Um, it doesn't build on itself like a career build build on itself. Do you know what I mean? When you keep growing into a business or into a company into your own business, there's a this growth by not in showbiz. You know, you age, it slows down. There's no form unless you get to be a superstar and then you can do whatever you want. But the odds mm -hmm. again is one percent. So that's why people frown on this or roll their eyes and go, "Yeah, good luck with that." <laughs> no, I did it. <laughs> Would you say that? feeling like you came from the wrong family was your like rocky bottom that skyrocketed you or were there additional challenges that you feel might have led to your turning point, your transformation in your life? Well, it was two things. It was the resilience was in place. You can shake me. You, you know what I mean? Like I just I had nothing to lose. Like I had nothing to lose. So I just went stubbornly in the direction that I want to go. I mean, that you know, I remember as a teen, before all this kind of took form and really kind of, because it took me a while to figure out that that's, I was going to actually get to follow this for like, uh, follow this as a, as a, as a, um, profession, as a, as a profession, because it made no sense to me either. Like, you know, I was raised to go to school and then become, I was going to be an architect. Right. So all of that fell apart when I left, you know, the, the house early, um, no resources, no money across the country left. I just need to get away from them completely. And so, my reality was like, I'm dancing because I, I, I want to, I need to enlist my spirit, but I guess it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense until, you know, a chain of event again. My life is just a book. I, I never trained, I never paid for any of my training. Everywhere I showed up, I seemed to get a scholarship. Oh, wow. <laughs> I never paid for my training. My first, my first scholarship, it was three months, you know, because I was, I came from a, a world of ballroom on the West Coast. There was no ballroom. It was all jazzercise and you know, headbands and leg warmers and the ridiculousness and the stretching. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, that's not what I do. But I ended up in a class because there was no, there was really no ballroom on the West Coast, which is weird because it was all there was on the East Coast. That's how I got in the positions I was in. So in three months of taking class twice a week in a jazz studio, they gave me a freaking scholarship. Like, that's that, incredible. I know because you don't even know how to stand up in three months. I guess, you know, this is such a, it's such a, it's such a, like, amount to climb to get to that level of whatever so and that was interesting i'm like oh that's okay that's cool so i get to train for free and you know then i'm taking class every day and then i got another scholarship and then the scholarship and the one that really kicked that kind of woke me up is as i saw the potential right i was I, it was there was it was a moment there was a momentum to this and and People will say, like, you're, you're really talented, but you should probably take ballet because ballet is a structure, the base of your alignment, ah, 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 right? Back to the to basic, to classic. I'm like, hmm, that makes sense. You know, and if I want to be doing this, I want to do it well. I want to know, you know, the basis. So I literally went to a studio across the street from where I was going regularly. It was two places that I scholarships with, and, and it was a ballet studio. Um, very, very fancy. We called it the Pink Castle. It was really la-di-da. <laughs> And I was just going to take one of their morning classes and they gave me a freaking scholarship. Now, this is a realm I'm not, you know, I'm not a ballet dancer. But they go, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So I found out, this is when I put it together, that I had the perfect skeleton for this. It was built for this. So my feet, my turnout, and my legs, my hips, my body proportion, my skeleton. I was both, you know, perfectly tall and not so tall, perfectly You're made wide. For this. So I was built for this. Now, this <laughs> this is what I put it together because if a ballet studio 
who you have to audition to even go in, into says, you know, you're coming and they start training me for free into their company. I was like crazy. And that's when I'm like, you know what? I think there's something to this. I think I'm going to, I could probably take this a little further. And that's how Michael Jackson, Prince and all the way through. But um, the, the, uh, the, the putting this together, you know, as, as a, 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 <laughs> a logical male, the, the only way I did it really that's, that made everything happen is I thought, well, if, it's kind of ridiculous, but all these chain of events are pulling me that way. Like, it's just kind of, I'm watching like all this linear stuff taking me that direction makes no sense. Right. And, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a couple of years. Right. And if, if it doesn't yeah. work out, if I, it doesn't work out, I can say, I give it a shot. Right. Like I just follow this, the signs and just, right. It's just, I need to give it a shot. Just, and if not, I'll go back to school. And it's like, it doesn't make sense, but yet each time you're putting your foot forward, it keeps working out. <laughs> and and I, yeah, and the crazy stuff, like like Twilight Zone stuff, one after the other. So I did, and I kind of went with it. And next, you know, back to Los Angeles. This is my story, how I, got, I ended up in Los Angeles. It's crazy. So I don't know if you want to go there, because I don't know how much time we have, because it's another phase beyond that. But like, just again, the... the I was vacationing in Los Angeles. I was just coming down to help a friend of mine who I met. He was a dancer choreographer and he was living in LA. He was living the life here. And looks like actors, they, they make demo reels for a choreography, right? So he asked me to come to LA. He says, come down with your girlfriend for a couple of weeks, have some fun in LA. And then, but I need you to be, I want you to be dance captain in my production of my reel. I'm like, great idea. It's summertime. Fly to LA for vacation with my girl. And we got in town on a Thursday night. Um, thir Thursday night, Saturday night in the studio, we rehearsed in a studio, a dance studio, professional dance studio um, for space. That Saturday at the studio was a dancer party. So there were basically all the dancers in town, all people who do what I do or I want to do, um, and a party, hundreds of people, young people, men and women, whatever. So party over there right so i'm in la in my dancing with my girl saturday night just having fun and this old guy i'll never forget this this old guy in the corner staring at me he's the only guy that was older he was probably 45 48 years old everybody's young and he's staring at me and he's staring at me and staring at me and i'm realize i'm getting annoyed and then because uh, <laughs> he's he staring at me right and then i'm like oh wait we're in la okay right the little naive canadian um <laughs> Put it together. So, and, and then I see my buddy who asked me to come down to help him talk to him. And they're looking at, so I know they're talking about me. And I'm like, okay, this is really awkward. <laughs> you know, my buddy was gay, but he knows I'm not. I'm here, my girl, whatever. And all of a sudden he weighs me over. I'm like, what the, what the, what the fuck is he doing to me? Right? Like, what the hell is he going to introduce me to the old guy who's trying to pick me up? Are you nuts? Like, man. But back then I was still too polite. <laughs> Now it flipped him off. Then I was just kind of sauntered over, like, uh, and I remember, like, put you go under this is Steve, you know, Steve's Andre. I turned my head when I took his hand, like, don't even, right? <laughs> don't it look so at weird. guys. It was so weird. It was so weird. But my buddy, my buddy, then grabs me in the back of the suit, grabs me with the elbows. The elbow. There was a um, a back door for the parking lot. Throws me outside. He goes, listen, you freaking idiot. He goes, this is Steve Merritt. He's got a show where he's looking up to replace a dancer. How about you say hi to Steve? Because he likes you. 
I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, that's different. <laughs> right? So I'll go back in, you know, hi, Steve. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Embarrassing. Anyway, so he says to me, listen, I, I have this this national show that we're doing. I lost one of my dancers four, four months ago. I've been auditioning in town. I can't find anybody to replace him. You're exactly what I'm looking for. What do you say? What? This is like, I've been in town two days. My my own Hollywood story. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> he goes, what? I, said, I go, national show. I'm exactly what you're looking for. Okay. That's flattering. What's the show? Are you ready? Chippendales. <laughs> Welcome to my life. Did you actually do it? I actually did. It's funny because, you know, the show itself is six strippers, four dancers, because the strippers can't dance. Do you see it? <laughs> so what happened is they hire guys who look like strippers, if you want, like the physicality, the body style. Like you have to be fit and tight and muscular, blah, blah. <laughs> but talented, right? We can dance. These guys just pose and flex and whip their shirts off. So right. I was a stripper. But I was a stripper that dancer, but I wasn't one of the strippers. I was one of the dancers. But my first reaction, right, it's like a lot of women, like a lot of dancer girls, you know, get really offended when people think they're strippers, right? So what do you do? I'm a dancer. So what do you strip? And they go, I'm not that kind of dancer. Right? Like, there's, <laughs> dancers can be very snooty, just like actors can be very snooty, right? So I'm like, dude, I'm not, no, I'm not, no, 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 I'm not a stripper. I'm not that guy. I goes, I'm a professional trained commercial jazz dancer. <laughs> and he goes, okay, well, how much money have you made the past few months being a professional trained jazz dancer in, in, in Vancouver, Canada? I'm like, okay, well. Fine. Fine. He goes, look, this is a great opportunity. You're going to be on the road. We pay for everything. You know, salaries, you pay for nothing. Like you get salaries plus the, all they pay, accommodation, transportation, everything. It's just, you know, he goes, nice. I, need, I need you. We start rehearsal Monday. This is Saturday night. He says, we start rehearsal Monday. I need you. Dang. I know. So talk to my girlfriend and, you know, she's like, dude, this is your life. Go. I'll be fine. Me and her were more of a summer fling. We knew it. We knew each other from before, but whatever. So it was not going to be, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. she was kind enough to go, just go, go do your life. And and that was my first prof professional job. I, I was on the road for a year and a half. I quit because it was actually became dangerous. To, you know, sex, drug, drugs, rock and roll, fun. And it's as a, as a professional dancer, you have to keep training to keep your timing, your rhythm, your style, your strength. You know what I mean? So I was just having fun making money but like that was not the life that i, I you know how, how long how long do you do this till you lose your stuff and then you can put that on your resume i was on the road for five years with chippendale like no that's you know what i mean like yeah plus plus the lifestyle makes you kind of nutty like you know when you only have fun because life was fun we party we dance you know we had sex we did drugs we party we dance with sex we did drugs you know like every single day of the week when life, life is hustling, right? But yeah, but it's interesting because when life is fun, what's now fun becomes normal. So you have to keep upping the fun quotient, mm. and then it becomes dangerous. And I realize this is why celebrities all get in trouble because they're bored. They're bored. You know, they don't work enough. They don't have enough to fill up their times. They can't really go in public because people recognize them, so they have to hide. Very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. So that's an important life lesson right there. It was, because it was. you didn't I mean, I think the fact that you were such an observer 
when you were younger, I think might've helped you in this moment because I feel like you did some self-reflecting and like, Hey, wait a minute. What the heck am I doing? Straight up. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And one of the guys, one of the guys, Kevin, which was like the, the Thor, right? The alpha of the group is 13 of us. And Kevin was the one that, you know, the, the alpha lion, like, you know, Thor. He was, he looked like Thor, you know, the wow. big hair, all that. The women went nuts over him more I than bet. anybody else. <laughs> but he had been at it for five years. And um, it was such a disdain. This is crazy, right? Because you like, you have fun with the ladies, but you resent them because you're just a piece of meat. And you, mm. you, it's very interesting because it kind of turns. How many men do you do you know who complain that women just treat them like meat? Like, like you're right. It's not common. That doesn't work, right? It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Except when you this is your life day in and day out, and that's really all they care about. You know, like I'm not this piece of meat here. Like I don't, you know, don't like and because women would be very aggressive, right? They grab you by the crotch just to say hi because. And you go, excuse me. And they go, what are you gay? I'm like, no, I don't freaking know you to grab my balls like this. Like, I don't, right? Like, it's weird. It's like, it's a lot of stuff coming at you. And then you becomes whatever. So I realized that if I didn't, if I didn't get out of there early, I was going to turn on like him, which means it would be impossible for me to have any kind of normal life with a woman because they're all what we see all day long. You can't trust them. They cheat. They come to the show. Their husband is paying for them to have a night out with the girls and they're in my room, in our room. Like you, like you, you lose complete respect for women because all colors, all race, all size, married, kids, whatever, they all trying to sleep with us. Wow. So we actually used to have, we used to have conversation in, on the bus going, we actually know women, you know, they tell us they want us to be faithful and nice and blah, blah. And look at what they do. Look at what they do. Like, and, but because those are the ones that we got in our faces, 2,000 of them twice a day, 4,000 women oh, a day God. with that kind of that kind of pulse, right? So we like, they're all, they're all the same. They're all cheaters. They're all, they, they, they accuse us of all this stuff and look at them, though. They do. And the thing, the, the length that it would go to to get to us, oh, talk about totally losing respect, right? Wow. So the moment I started talking like that, because this is something Kevin used to say on a regular basis, look at them all. They're all bleep, they're all bleep, they're all bleep, bleep, right? They're all bleep, they're not worth bleep. And I just, and the day that came out of my mouth, I'm like, oh, okay, Houston, we have a problem because I wanted a traditional life. I want the wife, I want the kids. And I knew if I kept going with this environment, I was I was gonna be twisted forever like he did. So I quit. And that's the money that save on the road allowed me to settle in Los Angeles. And that's why I got an agent and then that's what, you know, I started auditioning for movies, television, TV shows, commercials, music videos, and that's how Michael Jackson, Prince, Paula, all that stuff. And so you have a very, very <sighs> unique inside perspective of women and men. Yes, ma'am. And that's being an observer, absolutely. like you mentioned, that's highly intriguing and interesting. <laughs> um, how do you feel all of that personally helps you now being a relationship coach? Ah, man. Well, self-reflection uh, on some level, like who am I? What do I want? Why do I want it? You know, it's funny because I was a guy who, because of my family and my, my parents' own relationships and, you know, dynamic with each other and, and the fact that all of us on some level, you know, we're not raised. I took it more personally. I was the most sensitive one. The other ones were tougher on the, in a different way because I became really tough from my resilience, but whatever, it's interesting. Um, 
I was never going to get married. I was never going to have kids. Why would you bring children in this ridiculous planet with all this madness? So I was never going to do any of that. Um, but my brain, I, I have to say that I also was doing personal development since I was 23 years old. Part of my curious brain thing, I want to know everything. I want to learn everything, whatever it is. If you have deep knowledge of something, I want to know. So mm -hmm. that's my brain. I just, I'm, I, I'm a sap for information. I resonate. <laughs> See, it's, it's, it's kind of a temperament. You're born that way. I was born that way. So on top of my curiosity, you know, mentality, like just watching everything, watching everyone and then watching me, you know, maneuver my own self in the madness of, um, so a lot of insight, you know, watching and, and, and like, like watching in, watching out, watching in, watching out and made try making my place, making my, and finding out who I was. It's very difficult to know who you are, who you are when you're neglected and rejected by your family. Like who, yeah. what, what am I doing here? Like a <laughs> waste of air anyway. So, um, yeah, huge. I mean, I, my, my, my paying attention and watching people got so fine tuned. This is going to sound weird. Because I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a man, so I'm very linear, logical, thankful. You know, like everything is from the left brain. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, even though I'm an artist and I could access my my artisticness, I'm actually more. If you leave me alone, you'll see me just logical. I study, I learn, I dig. I you know I'm like I'm always on the male pulse. Um. So interesting for me to say that. I can't explain this is the illogical part that I have to, that I had to embrace at one point is that if I, I, I developed this ability to feel and sense into people at distance. So you're highly intuitive, would you say? That's yes. I'm very intuitive in a level that I can explain it. That's the part that my brain It's hard for me to say it because I'm such a linear, like this makes no sense. I can't even explain it. Don't know how that works, but it's factual and it works. Another gift. Another gift, you know, but it was developed. I think, I think we all have it. Mine was developed because of my circumstances and the, the observing, watching, being quiet, you know, and sort of sensing, picking up energy and, and tapping into people. So now it's go so crazy that it's really helpful with my work. Cause when I speak to talking to you right now, I'm connected to you. Like I could feel you explain that to me. I, Explain that to me. So if you and I were working together and, you know, you're struggling, you're in pain, I'll pick it up and I could actually put words to it for you because a lot of people mm. get get caught and they don't even know how and they can't explain their pain. So it helps me kind of navigate what needs to be done, you know, sometimes putting the finger on it. Ah, how'd you know? I mean, yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I felt, felt it. it. <laughs> <laughs> the crazy part is I, I it, and then it got further. At one point, I remember when I kind of accepted that new reality, that that's what's occurring for me, that I know things that I don't know why I know and sense, and I feel things that I don't have, I can't explain, but there it is. But at one point I was sitting, it was with a client who was doing an intro call. So I didn't know her. It was in the winter here in Los Angeles. I'm sitting in the back of my house by the pool in the cabana. So I'm in complete darkness um, randomly. As I'm talking to her, right, there's nothing to distract me. There's nothing to look at. I'm in the dark. And then went right into her. And she started talking about her husband. And I went into him. 
So at one point she says, you know, I don't know, blah, 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 blah. And and I go, oh, he's going through this and that's what he's feeling. And that's what's actually tripping him out. And she's like, how do you know that? You just told me that this morning. I go, well, <laughs> I'm with him. Wow. So, yeah, so that's now the Twilight Zone. So it's it's sort powerful. of like powerful and, and really helpful, you know, when you're helping people with their pain and their struggle and, you know, to, to go from her, talking to her through him to explain some of the stuff that he can't say because this is what happens like i can say the things that people can't touch or say or it's wild it's pretty wild anyway so that's the so this whole thing came about the the my coaching business came about um because i'm always in i was always in workshops always trying to learn some, <laughs> something i had a different business when i quit dancing i i opened my wife was one of my students so <laughs> Oops. Um, <laughs> I mean, where else are you going to find your mate, right? Like I'm surrounded with girls like uh, all day long because I was teaching. When, you, when you're in the, in the showbiz, you, you, you travel, you perform, you come back in town, you teach. You teach for two weeks, three weeks, whatever, between gigs, you go about. And so it, this is part of the machine of continuing making money. You know, and it's very easy to fill up a class when you just finished dancing with Michael Jackson. You know what I mean? So the good old business. And so it's me with 50 girls twice a day when I'm in town, five days a week. I am surrounded with young, beautiful women. Um, I wanted the companionship. I was looking for my girl uh, after the road. I was like, I need, I want them. Turned out that I'm very classically <laughs> framed. I'm quite square after all this wildness that is my life. I'm actually quite traditional okay that's the discovery looking for that one and i found the one in my class um and when we decided to get married because i went from i'm never getting married it's a piece of paper i'm never having kids this woman <laughs> that makes me cry when i think about it every time it's beautiful it, she's she's just the one she, for you she just loves me she just she's a She's a beacon of light and joy and femininity and makes me want to be a better man, pulls the mm. best out of me, believes in me. You could like, I wouldn't be that guy today without her. So, uh, still overwhelms me. Wow. It's been, it's been almost, it's been 30 years. Still overwhelms me. Wow. Anyway, so. This when, is just, uh, what I'm uh, getting from you and from this though, is, um, what I feel that you're able to bring to the table when it comes to the people that you coach, because I feel like the way that you're feeling right now, even me, I'm married, but like the, the feeling that you have, it's like, I want that. And I'm sure yeah. other people want that. And the people that can help you achieve certain things are the people that have already achieved it. Right. And that's you. Mm, right. So I do want to mm. ask you, yes. what would you say is your ideal client to work with you, like the ideal person, like where are they at? What is that person? Um, what, what, what is their lifestyle? What is that person? So that way those listening can be like, he's the one for me. Yeah. Good question. Thank you. Um, the majority of my clients are single women, typically 35 and older. I'm just going to say it's, it's, it's a, uh, it's, it's, part of the cultural new way of doing life for everyone, men and women, but we now raise women to be strong, independent, and powerful, which is great. Well, what happens is they, they, by the time they get 35 
and older, they work their butts off, they got the masters, they got the degrees, they build the companies, right? All they're they're amazing. They do except they neglected their, you know, that that kind of lifestyle is all masculine, right? Pushing, producing, you know, um, competing in the world, making somebody that's all masculine pace, energy. And what happens is their feminine energy kind of slips off. They actually forget their femininity because it's useless, it's not has no power, it doesn't get you anywhere. So they basically just morph into more masculine in everything that they do, in the way they speak, the way they show up. My sister is the biggest example. It looks like a beautiful young woman, beautiful blonde, and she opens her mouth and there's a dude standing in front of you, a pushy, annoying, aggressive dude. It's terrible, right? So, but she doesn't understand how obnoxious and irritating that is. You know, men don't want masculine women to be in a relationship with. So these women are all very capable to prove to the world they could do anything they want, except they can't get relationships. They can't maintain or sustain or even get a relationship and they all say the same thing like i'm i'm still young i have you know i have my own company my own money my own car my own house i have no trouble like nobody has to pay for me for anything how come nobody wants to date me i'm like well honey your balls are as bigger than most guys out there hmm. and men don't want that that's not what men are attracted to right because even this the culture has taught women that men will appreciate a woman who's capable like a dude no 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 in business that's fine for a relationship. It's a, it's a kiss of death. So most of my clients actually start thinking, like I said, over 35, they're tired. They don't work, work so hard. You know, money doesn't make them happy. They're not really satisfied. They, they want companionship. They want love. They want some of them. Like, I think I want kids still. Some of them don't, but some of them are past that age completely. So that they, they give that up, you know, never thought it all the way through. And now they regret it. And it's horrible. And then uh, the other ones just can't find anybody. And they go, well, you know, you're too much and you're masculine. You, don't, you have to understand that with everything that you're taught to be that you think is a good idea is good only for productivity and making money. It doesn't prepare you for life with men and life with relationships. And this is, you know, I, my questions that I always ask them, are like, so what do, you, what do you think, what do men want? I don't know. <laughs> That's the problem, right? Like, what do you think? What makes a man commit? Why do they want to marry? Well, because I'm beautiful. No, no, that's not it at all, right? It's not It's not the sex that you bring at all. That's a big mistake. Women think, you know, if you give men sex, it'll start intimacy, it'll start relationship. No, it doesn't. It never does. It never has. It never will. It's actually backwards. It's one of the things that make the relationships fail or to keep something from growing into a relationship. Easy sex, fast sex, you know, selling yourself, thinking you're starting something because again it's not understanding men at all not understanding what nature calls for because everything i teach is nature and science it's not my opinion it's what works um still today so there's a modern way to do you know what works so this is what this, these are my these are my clients they're, they're they're they actually think there's something wrong with them because they on paper this should be the the golden child and Nobody wants to be around them. Like if, you, if they can't get a date, if you get a date, they get ghosted. What's wrong with me? I go. There's nothing wrong with you. You're you're overcalibrated and you're masculine energy, and that's not what men want. Boys want that. So now you end up attracting boys, which is a whole. In my world, there's three types of men: there's boys, guys, and men. 
Mm. Men, men want femininity. Boys just want you to work like a dog. They don't want to take care of you. They don't want to support you. They don't want to pay for you. They don't want your child, your children. They love 50-50. They love the feminist movement. Go, girl. Get that promotion while he's on the couch, you know, smoking a joint, spooning the dog, and writing his music, right? The artistic feminine men attra are attracted to masculine women. But these men are terrible partners. They take advantage. They take your time, your money, your sex. They take your energy, right? You end up being their mothers, and eventually you can't respect them. You throw them out. You're heartbroken, and the next one's the same and the same and the same because nature is polarized. So if you're masculine, nature, it, like inevitably, inadvertently, you will attract feminine. So if you want a man who's a man, you have to put your balls away. You have to become the feminine, and this is really where I come in. We wow. recalibrate your energy, yeah. And it's not about it's not about undoing who you are, by the way, right? When ladies are like, women sometimes get really crass. They're like, "Oh, so should we just dumb it down for you guys and wiggle our ass, <laughs> wiggle our asses like Marilyn Monroe?" I'm like, you know, stop. That's rude. First of all, that's not what I'm saying. So don't don't talk to me that way, stupid. Right? It's like there's a way to do both. It's not about undoing you, but you're tilted too much in your masculine and that's what irritates men so how about we you could be ballsy and masculine and all that at work that's beautiful but outside of work in the world you have to be a woman and you forgot how to do this this is what so we get to rebalance you and know when appropriately be badass and when appropriate just be a girl this is what yeah. men want and ah. it's beautiful I love oh. this, Andre, and I encourage <laughs> all the women out there listening, you have to reach out to Andre. And um, I have, I know you have a VIP. Yep, here's all your social media links at the very bottom of the screen. Oh, and cool, cool, I know cool. you also encourage people to have that one-on-one -on -one VIP call with you. I encourage yes. ladies to reach out. Um, just before I let you go today, yes. what's something yes. that you would like to say to inspire those women that are listening today to make that phone call, to get on that VIP one-on-one with you today? Ooh, I mean, it takes a little gut. It takes some courage to get on a call like this. Do you know what I mean? I get it, but it's what you don't know that's dangerous. And a lot of the being stuck in your masculine comes from childhood trauma. Just mm. going to say, that's, that's always where I start. I can't get you in a healthy relationship if you keep attracting the wrong type, man or woman, until we clean up your baggage and the baggage comes from childhood and the relationships that twisted you. So that has to be removed. So in the, that VIP call, if somebody is interested, I call it an exploratory call. We actually go to the source of that. So you realize there's nothing wrong with you. You're a product of your past. Now that we know there's nothing wrong with you. I mean, it's actually very fixable. This is what I do. And then, just talk about what the dream is. What is the dream? Do you want kids in marriage? Do you want just long-term companionship? Do you want somebody to retire with? Like, what, what is it you want? Because typically people call me because they realize that their boat, which I call their lives, that they're, they're watching. If you, <laughs> the metaphor is your life is a, an ocean liner moving slowly towards the end of your life. And people call me when they notice that their ocean liner boat is going to a lonely island. You know, to Cat Lady Island, like to Nobody <laughs> Likes Me Island. Like this is, I don't, I ha I see where I've been. I see where I come from. And I see where this boat is going. And now they're panicking. <laughs> so to know, to understand how you got on that lane, you know what I mean? Now, and then to to discuss and actually see the reality that you could actually turn that boat slowly into aiming for love island. <laughs> That's worth 
talking about, right? That's where the an hour conversation. That's where the little vulnerability, I think. And I'm just this guy, right? I love you in advance. I'm I'm on your side naturally. I that's my God mission, you know, to alleviate the pain and confusion in the world that's in the realm of relationship. That's you know, and and I do it one lady at a time, one person at a time, one couple at a time. However, the mission is to make it a nationwide movement. I want to teach this to the masses because it's rather easy to teach and learn a lot of small bits and pieces but it's i mean my clients my favorite thing is you know after i i work in 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 the programs are in in sections of four months and in four months you know ladies will go from oh my god i get it it's so easy i just had no <laughs> idea and like i know <laughs> and they have different lives my favorite part if i'm going to inspire anybody to make that call that I also officiate weddings. So some of my clients, I marry them myself. I mean, I just came back from Texas um, to do a couple who she was badass, strong, independent, businesswoman, attracting boys over and over, you know, almost 50 years old, now desperate. She did the program. Within four months, she met her, her man who a year later to the day, of the, when they met, got on one knee, and then six months later, I flew to Texas to marry them. I mean, that's wow. I know that's 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 <laughs> that's my life. Do you understand the bet? Oh, I mean, that's and, very inspiring. Oh, God, you know. Thank and you then, so much. Yeah, uh, six weeks before that, I was in Vegas doing the same thing. Like it's this is my this is like this oh. is the this is the like I want to say like proof like it's it works. You're like a matchmaker. Oh, you know. <laughs> I love this so much because it really is needed all over the world. Andre, thank you so much. You are amazing. And I'm just so grateful that you came on today to share with us your backstory and how powerful it is to work with you and all the inspiration. And I'm just, just thank you so much for coming on today. And and can I offer, I know you mentioned it, but I, I, I have two different gifts for listeners. Is that okay? So yeah, because I noticed I do a lot of podcasting because my again, part of my mission is to spread this out to the world and then sort of create a movement to teach this stuff, to bring hope to the world. To there, there is hope. This, this is relationships are doable. It looks really bleak right now from what's in our culture, but we have to dismantle what's out there. So anyway, that's part of my mission. So podcasting is a way of spread the word, spread the word, spread the word. You bet. So. But I notice when I do podcasts, it's typically two types of listeners. It's very interesting. So some listeners are listening because they want more information. They're curious, which is great. So if for those listeners today listening, I'm going to send you directly to my email. My email is andrecoaching, the number one, at Gmail. That's my personal email. If you email me and in the, uh, the subject box, the title box, if you write irresistible book, I will send you a copy. It's right here. <laughs> I sell it. I sell it on my website, but it's a, a workbook, thirty pages. It's called "The Five Feminine Qualities High Value Men Find Absolutely Irresistible." Oh, I love that. It's good stuff. It's a workbook, so there's stuff for you to fill out. It gives. It's you know, it's good. It's really good. I sell it online. You know, for your listeners, just email me irresistible book, and I'll send it to you for free, or my team will. The other type of listeners are people who like a rumbling right they they want to bite like they want okay okay let me let's what can i do right they want to take action so if you're a lady who wants 
we talked earlier, right? AndreCoaching1 at gmail.com. In the box, go talk now. And I will send you a link to my calendar so we could book a call, my the VIP call. So beautiful. Two options. Yeah. Like I said, that call for some people, just whether we work together or not, is kind of life changing because they get to see themselves in a different light. And that's the beginning. Well, it's a pleasure just to be in your presence. I mean, I've really enjoyed oh, this discussion. So even like you said, even if they don't end up working with you, which I can't imagine they wouldn't, you're just, you have this magnetism, you have this sincerity about you, this passion, and you genuinely want to help people. So I can feel that. <laughs> thank you. I can feel that too. I can so. feel you too. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you just so much for coming on. This was really, really great. Absolutely. And thank you for the gifts for everybody. And uh, it was a pleasure. And just thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity to spread the word. You bet. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye now.